Welcome to Trades, Tools, and Talks, a podcast powered by Simpro. I'm your host, Carly Huckles. Today, we are talking mental health in the trades with mates in construction. By breaking down these walls, stigma that we've built up, it is hard. Breaking concrete's hard too. But by doing so, we can have greater outcomes for our workplace and organization. A note, the following podcast may discuss topics related to mental health, including depression, anxiety, and suicide. While the information provided is intended to be helpful, it is not a substitute for professional medical advice or treatment. If you or someone you know is struggling with mental health issues, please seek help from a qualified healthcare professional. Additionally, some listeners may find the content discussed in this podcast triggering or upsetting. Listener discretion is advised. And remember, even if you think this is something you can handle, you don't have to finish this episode and you can stop at any time. Take care of yourself first. Now, let's get into it. Hey everyone, my name is James Edward Ratley Sendall and I'm a field officer at Mates in Construction in Aotearoa, New Zealand. I look after the central Auckland region. I'm here today to talk about our program, who we are and what we do. How did you get started with the organization? I've been around almost coming up to two years with Mates in Construction. Probably thinking now, looking back, it seems like it's been almost double the time in terms of how fast we've grown and how much has happened. But I started July 2021. Before that, I worked in trade sales for a company called Hilti, which is a incredibly amazing company to work for. They really got my kind of start into the industry, worked within customer services on the phones, and then worked my way into a customer service representative in a Hilti store, which was absolutely fantastic. So I was not only able to have a hands-on experience with the tools and the fasteners and the industry items that we were delivering to our partners, but also be able to talk to the people who were actually using this equipment and I quite quickly found myself as you can already tell I talk really fast I was quite a quiet person before being in that role and it really opened me up because you know, this industry itself construction is an absolutely fantastic industry full of warm honest beautiful characters and I found myself doing a lot more talking than I was doing actually providing solutions that were healthy based but that was just the nature of, of myself I'm a, I'm a person that loves to know who people are, what they do, not only what jobs they were working on, but also, you know, what did you do on the weekend? Or, you know, what is your family like? What relationships, what interests do you have outside of work? So when the opportunity came up, once mates had started up in 2019, I'd always looked towards it as being, you know, maybe where I would end up or where I would be working with them. So now looking at it two years later, man, it's, it really is an amazing place to be. And this issue itself, suicide prevention mental health awareness is very close to home for me i lost my older brother when i was 12 years old to suicide and it was something that i never felt comfortable to talk about not only to my friends or family even my immediate partner but even to to others to newcomers and it was something that i I really struggled with and through joining mates and being around other very very strong leaders and deliverers of the program at the time, I was actually able myself to grow as a person to be able to open up around that experience and realize that I was still grieving 15 years later on and be able to open up and talk about Ben's journey through through suicide, through the struggles he was going through at the time and also my struggles. Again, I was not only impacted by Ben's loss in 2006, but I was also impacted myself in 2014 when I made an attempt on my own life. And again, I was very shy i was never confident or able to open up about that experience due to that stigma that had been built up over time especially as uh, you know as, as a young male 
very much taught growing up in the early 2000s if I was to open up and to talk about my feelings or to show any sort of I guess vulnerability that that was not ideal that was not encouraged I would have a week to do so and the word that was used when I was growing up is you'd be labeled emo that was the word I was given and I was definitely an emo kid, not only because I had those experiences dealing with what I was dealing with, also had the straightened fringes, wore two belts. You know, <laughs> you know awesome, awesome. Love to know that you're in there too, Kelly. Yeah, I'm in there too. Oh, awesome. It's just not something to be, I always shout that out. It's not something to be, I guess, ashamed of. You know, that's a phase that I went through. At the time, I thought that was not a phase. That was who I am. And it was who I was. The music stays, but you know, oh, like, I was right there with you. I was an outcast as well. This topic is near and dear to me because it's infected my family as well. I've had a couple different family members and a couple different friends. I think everybody who has this topic near and dear to them has somebody, you know. I'm really glad that I get to talk to you today. And really we want to dive into it because a lot of our clientele is in construction and they are in those like commercial HVAC, commercial trade trade this trade that and mm. those big roles it's hard to talk about mental health oh we as, as a field officer as in our day-to-day job a lot of it is sharing our stories and what our experiences and encouraging others to do the same as you said especially around suicide when we start any of our trainings whenever we put our hands up and say has anyone in this room been impacted by suicide most often half of that room puts their hand up that's why i often start by sharing my story and where i come from know and where my journey is with this issue because as you exactly put it i think most people within our lives have been impacted by this issue so mm-hmm. simply by sharing where i'm at sharing where my stories and where my journey is encourage us to do the same but i guess where my pitch is and for the where i see the value of mates being is not only bringing out that awareness point of putting you know really shining a light onto an issue that has really and still even now been quite swept under the rug not only in, in Aotearoa, within New Zealand, within I think the industry specifically, but globally, it's not an issue that is discussed very, very frequently. So uh, where I see the value first and foremost is in that awareness piece that we're generating, trying to shine that light on towards that issue, but also to develop, you know, capacity and to develop, you know, strength of a framework within every business, with every organisation, with every site, with every trade or every partner that we have within mates to not only go up there and shine that light, talk about that awareness and make that a proud piece of how every company that we deal with does, but also be able to give that organisation, that partner, whoever we deal with, the tools to be able to deal with situations when someone may potentially be having suicidal thoughts, maybe just dealing with the stress, maybe dealing with the many life or work events that come up with an everyday life. I give them the tools to be able to be a suicide safer workplace. And I guess that is my elevated pitch in a way, is looking at our... <laughs> partner list and I look at the companies that are up there when I started we only had one page partners there was probably about 70 at the time but now we're sitting about 171 partners which is oh exactly it's that's why I say it's it feels like I've been here a lot longer because of the growth of the company over time and that growth I think is I mean that's indicative of not only the success of our program but also the amount of companies and organizations wherever they be within our industry some pro included who have put their hand up and noticed that change that needs to be made and how that framework needs to be utilized into their business. So it shows not only is there a problem, we can do something about it and we can move forward to create those workplaces where both help seeking 
and help offering behaviors are encouraged. We're breaking down those walls of stigma slowly. And when I always put up that partner list, I'm very proud to do so. And that's, I think, a show and a sign the achievement and the progress have made so far. Still a lot of progress to be made, but we'll keep moving forward. And There's always more growth. There's always more growth that can be done, yeah. especially in areas that are so needed like this. So what is Mates in Construction? It's a big question. I can just break it down a little bit. So we are an independent construction industry charity, initially started in 2008 over the ditch in Australia. Now this was done to address the high levels of suicide that were found were present within the construction industry, specifically in Queensland at the time. However, a fair few years have gone by since 2008. And over that time, the program has grown prolifically. I think if I'm getting my statistics correctly, sitting at last year, over 200,000 people had been inducted into the training. The program is available in five different states within Australia. We not only have mates in construction available within Australia, there's also various offshoots of the program too, and has developed out into other industries. You've not only got mates in construction, we've also have mates in energy within the energy industry, but also mates in mining as well. Absolutely huge and such a proud achievement for mates over in Australia to have that service available to the mining industry being a very similar one to construction in terms of you know industry specific pressures but also a very proud one that we also shout out is the development of mates in sport which is a very i think you know a very key industry to to many of our countries wherever you live there is a you know a sporting industry and there is a lot of stress present and it's very key that we acknowledge that so however i am talking about australia and in new zealand we only started up a fair few years ago in 2019 so I joined just before the first kind of COVID lockdown in NZ, but even then I could see this very similar trend of that demand being present and companies and partnerships wanting to start up to acknowledge those levels and those numbers that are present within the industry. And to, to that similar reasoning, we have grown quite prolifically, as I mentioned previously, that time that even I've been present, our growth in partnerships are absolutely massive. But what those partnerships also do represent is the implementation of our program and that is our service offering so most most usually how we are interacted with or how people find out about mates is through our general awareness training and that's our kind of sort of first level of training where we're building awareness which is probably one of our most important steps and why people most often interact with us it is a 45 to 60 minute presentation usually delivered by powerpoint in person always just due to the safety nature of the conversation and this is can be done on site in an office in a workplace and that was where we sort of started our you know our big journey that's how most of a lot of people knew about us especially here in tamaki makoto and auckland as we, they, people would see us out on a big commercial site or within you know residential environments delivering that general awareness training to site workers to employees with our projector and our screen and our orange and blue right on site and that's a kind of a big key point of difference between us and many other organizations is we're the only organization to my knowledge in the mental health arena that is boots on the ground we will go to that site deliver that general awareness training if there are fewer numbers than 15 we also run what's called a mates awareness training a shorter sharper about 15 to 20 minute spoken word presentation which is done so to target that residential environment where you may only have four to eight people on site at that time but from there, once that awareness is developed, a little bit more of alertness is around in terms of suicide, that I guess, stress and the mental de-stress that can happen within an environment, especially within construction. We then aim to install what we call our connectors. That's the second stage of our program, our accreditation process. 
is to install as many of these connectors as we can. One of our field officers has a great metaphor this, for this, which is fire alarms, because a fire alarm doesn't prevent a fire necessarily, but it can detect if a fire is happening. And that's a bit what our connectors are like. They're not solving. That's a great metaphor. <laughs> I like that a lot. Yeah. It's, it's fantastic. And it's such a great example of what a connector is. And connectors are offered the chance to become a connector off the back of that general awareness training. They're given the chance to volunteer to become a connector. And that is a four-hour training, usually done usually done hopefully within, say, a, a port of comma or an office or a space that you can have that four hours. And it is where I see the true value of our program because by installing those fire alarms, I like to say champions or lighthouses. That's a metaphor I like to use. It's a lighthouse. That is lighthouse, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And they're usually people who already have that empathetic heart, may have either been impacted themselves or have a history of being that person that others have gone to. But by going through that connector training, they will now have the confidence and the framework of conversation to enter into an engagement with someone who may potentially be having suicidal thoughts or just potentially be struggling at that moment by, by utilizing that connector safe talk framework. They can have the confidence not to freeze, not to potentially miss the invitations of suicide or invitations that someone may be struggling or even dismiss that that is just behavior that that person usually displays or even simply avoid it because it's not their job or they have too much going on. They have the confidence to go into that situation, be clear, direct, and honest, and find out where that person is at at that time. From there, with as many of those we can have, we usually aim for a ratio of about one connector per 20 employees on site or workplace. This is due to a statistic from the World Health Organization that dictates that one in 20 may have suicidal thoughts over a two week period. So it aligns, I was, it kind of correlates with that statistic, which is quite good for us because. It's easily 20 or more people on any given site that we're interacting with. So if you have at least one connector, it can be that lighthouse searching for those ships potentially struggling in the surf. And it can have those who are, a bit, who are a bit more alert, who can detect triage and find the severity of where that person is sitting. Even just have a brief conversation, a download, connect that person to a support, whatever that might be. From there, and that's just the final stage of our program to create a suicide safer workplace is installing at least one assist trained person per company or site that we work with we usually say a regionally available person because if you you know if you only have one person per company and that person's sick or they're on leave they just need to be available now assistant i'm actually wearing the badge here today that's a little blue one and it stands for applied suicide intervention and skills training and it is for those crisis situations where someone on site or in a workplace may be in a crisis. They may be on that metaphorical bridge. They may be struggling. They may have devised or even planned an attempt on their life. And that assist trained person has that confidence first and foremost in themselves and a framework to lean upon to engage with that person and just to keep them safe for now. Keep them safe in that moment of crisis and to be able to connect them to a support, a service, whatever that person is potentially struggling with at that moment just to keep them safe, get them back to where they need to be. And notice none of these steps are solving. They're not trying to fix what that person is going through. A connector is simply connecting that person to help, whether that be an assist, whether it be us here at Mates, whether it be counselling and employee assistance program. It is all about creating a pathway to help through awareness, through alertness, and then through having a couple of individuals, a few who can, able, who can be able to intervene 
and the moments of crisis. It's creating that framework that an organization can lean upon and installing that wherever we go. That's sort of what we call our accreditation framework. And by a site or a workplace achieving this, they've done the hard mahi, as we say in Aotearoa. They have created that framework. They can lean upon it and maintain it to be able to take that control of themselves and be proud of it to empower their workplace to be safer. So in a funny way, what I and my field officers are aiming to do is slowly work ourselves out of a job, is to create an industry so safe and workplaces so safe that we can just turn up every month and just have a chat with everybody and see what's going on and just be engaged with that partner, with that organization to make sure that everything's going along, be a part of what they do. And that's where we see true success in terms of our program and our service offering. I hope that explains a bit. That was an amazing explanation. So you gave me a little bit of a backstory on how things got started. And now what do you guys see moving forward? Because you've had that massive growth over the last few years. And I'm assuming, I hate to say it, but COVID was probably a part of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's, it was a dynamic time. And I'm glad that you mentioned COVID. But as I said, when I started, it was off the bat or just before the second set of lockdowns here in NZ. And that was a really funny, that's really interesting space for me to start working with mates in because I thought I was going to start within my first six months. I would be out on the road, I would be traveling, I'd be delivering the presentations and whatnot. And quite quickly, we went in lockdown and that was pretty much the case for about four months. And I had to learn quite quickly how to interact and how to kind of get my call cycle together how to find my contacts and and touch base with people and develop relationships in a virtual environment so i'm quite used to interacting like this because we developed quite quickly a service offering for for the virtual space which we called a virtual toolbox and we tried to deliver as many of those as we could to our partners and to our sites so that we could still interact you know, with those who, who may potentially, you know, be struggling or, you know, may potentially be isolated within that environment. And coming off the back of the lockdowns, as everything started to open up, there was a significant amount of growth simply because we could get back out on sites. It, for a while, it was still hard for us to enter two sites. There was a lot of protocols and whatnot, but those slowly opened up and, and growth was very, very evident. As you did mention, the growth has been you know, substantial over time. And I think for us inmates, uh, personally, I can't speak to our, to our, leader, our senior management's leadership's goals, but I know for myself and within our roles within here in Auckland, we saw growth very substantially over the last year. We were simply a one city-based uh, organization. And over this past year, we have grown into a, a national uh, company available in all the main centers of Aotearoa, so not only Auckland, but also we have two field offices in Wellington, our capital city, and then also now I think, if I'm getting this correct, we've got five offices based in Christchurch, which is the largest city in our South Island, and also two field offices based in Dunedin. So when I started, there was only about six of us, and now we're about 18. So with that growth, it's awesome to see, but with that growth comes a level of responsibility. So now more than ever, I know for my team, we're making sure to just double down and look after as much as we can our foundation partners and they're our, you know, our, our top our class tier one partnerships. They're the ones who essentially give us the ability to have a field officer dedicated to them. And now more than ever, I'm encouraging our team and my team leaders encouraging us to make sure that we're wrapping ourselves around those organizations, building ourselves as much as we can 
into that project, into that company, wherever that may be, to make sure that they're looked after because we don't want to let our growth and you know run so fast in our journey to establish ourselves to make sure that we forget about anything or leave any stone unturned. We need to make sure our processes and systems are locked in to make sure that that, that growth doesn't impede future growth. It's, as I always say, we don't want to run too fast that we fall over. And it's, it's very key. We've had such a big growth, but it's also about being able, being able to slow down, being able to deliver that framework and step away and be here if you need, so to speak. How can people get involved with Mates? Yeah, if, so if you're here within Aotearoa, we're quite easily contactable in those main centres, as I mentioned. So within Auckland, pretty easy to get in contact with us. Even if you're wondering where's that first start point, our 100 line, that's the easiest way to get in touch with us, 0800 We also have an office email address, info line, which is info at mates.net.nz. So a simple inquiry of, hey, I've heard about this training or, hey, I did some training on a project and I'd like to have this done within my company or within my group. Simply touch base with us there. Because we are territory based, that simply will be flipped and be directed to the person who looks after that, that centre, that territory, wherever they may be, so that you can have a localised approach and have a person to develop that relationship with. And even any inquiries around our statistics, around progress, around any questions, queries, we're happy to answer them. We've got nothing to hide in terms of where we stand and what we do. So we're happy to have a conversation wherever it is. So firstly, that 0800 number, 111315. And secondly, info at mates.net.nz, which will go into our, our general inquiries, our office email and then be directed to the appropriate person. And then I think the last question that I'm going to have for you is how would you encourage people to check in on their mates? Yeah, well, I mean, that's, that's a good one. It's a, it's, a good, it's a good segue into a bit, bits of our program, some things we discussed within the general awareness training. And how I would encourage this, first of all, to... I mean, it, it's, a, it's a quite a big ask to look out for everybody. I don't think that's, it's going to be achievable for me to ask that to everyone within this world or within this industry. But I think it's what I often talk about is a lot, especially within our work lives, we're around the people we work with. Often more times than not, more than our own family, more than our own friends. So I'd be, feel safe to say I'd guarantee that anyone would notice when the members of the immediate team, when their personality will start to change, especially when stressful times start to stack up when events of life such as maybe financial stress starting to get a bit much, maybe pending legal issues, maybe there's a lot going on right now at home, potentially family issues, a lot of these stresses start to stack up. Someone's behavior will start to slowly change over time, not after one bad day, but when one bad day turns into seven or 14, I often guarantee that we'll notice within our own teams when a particular person's personality will start to change. And that's what we call a mates an invitation. When someone's personality starts to become out of character, maybe they're someone who's usually quite calm. Now they're quite angry, they're shouting, they're being brief, or they're usually quite talkative like myself. Like I'm one of those chatty people. I don't ever stop. As you can tell, I'll just keep going for an hour if you let me. But for me, <laughs> I think you, for me, I start to shut down. I don't reply to any messages, calls, texts, nothing. No one can contact me at all I hate myself up I can't even look people in the eye when I'm speaking to them I absolutely shy myself away from the world that now that change in behavior will be evident and that's why we refer to it as an invitation not a warning sign we stay clear away from that phrase because I mean we could sit here for the next half hour and lay and just list examples of warning signs I can see many from where I'm sitting right now outside site there's orange traffic cones telling us to stay away from that location 
there's an exclusion zone set up to my left telling me that I can't go into that area. These are all things designed to stop us. They're barriers to entry. Now, why we don't use that phrase is that simply put, that's what those warning signs are. When someone is struggling and that behavior starts to change, either through that physical invitation that we might notice, or even a verbal invitation that someone might say in conversation to us or in passing, they could speak of feeling lonely, speak of feeling hopeless, speak of feeling like a burden, many things. Or even if that is just a gut feeling that we notice when that individual in our team or our circle walks into our space and can't read their minds, but we know something inside is telling us, hey, something's not right with that person today. All those invitations are displays that that person is potentially struggling. They're putting their hand up and showing us unconsciously, even willingly, without realizing that they could be struggling, they might be dealing with a lot. And for us, when we notice that invitation, even though it may be hard, or we encourage here at Mates just to take even 10 seconds just to center yourself. It's not an easy thing to do, but just to check in. Say, hey, I've noticed that now usually you're never stressed by anything. You're never worried by anything in life. And last week, man, you've been absolutely furious. You've been desperate. You've been rushing back and forth from it. Are you okay? Because even if that person is okay, simply just one bad day that's stacked up, if that person is struggling and you have noticed, doing so by checking in can alleviate and show to that person that you've noticed. They may have been dealing with those stresses for a very, very long time and no one has noticed, but you have. It is conversation coming from a place of care. And even if you have to ask that question multiple times, even on the fourth or fifth time, that person might actually come back to you and say, hey, actually, I'm not all right. I'm not okay. And doing so opens the floor of conversation. It's not anything, there's nothing that can be lost from that conversation. There's only growth between those two people, that relationship that is built, and growing forward. If that person does need support, they can find that support. And open that conversation and be honest, rather than hiding those issues away, putting them under the rug, putting them behind closed doors, and internalizing them and stacking them up. Because we're very honest, and especially in our industry, construction, we talk a lot about health and safety. We're the right gear, you know, we wear our boots, we wear our hat, we wear our gloves. We're very, very firm on that. But our mental health directly informs our physical health. If we're placing such importance on wearing our right gear, we must be making sure we're looking after ourselves as well mentally because those outcomes are very, very correlative. So my, my advice is it's not always easy, but if you're the person that has noticed, if you have noticed any of those invitations, it's probably likely that you're the person that should ask. And if you don't feel comfortable, hit somebody else up. Say, hey, can you, can you talk to Brian? I've noticed he's, he's acting a little bit frantic today. In doing so, you're creating a community and creating that framework to lean upon. So multiple people are involved, not just yourself trying to burden the responsibility, taking on on that pressure. Again, what we aim to do, especially our mates, not to fix anything, not to solve anything, but just to make sure anyone who is potentially struggling is looked after and there is support available. So uh, it would be a lot easier if we could, I could just go, oh yeah, you just ring this number. You just, you, you just get, I'll just give you this card and you call this card. It would be a lot easier, but easy, these problems are not easier. What we're trying to do here, what we're trying to, by opening this conversation, it's not an easy thing to do. No. It was not easy for me to open up about Ben or my experience when, when I first started, Max, but sometimes the hardest things in life are the ones that are most rewarding. 
and by breaking down these walls of stigma that we've built up. It is hard. Breaking concrete's hard too. But by doing so, we can have greater outcomes. We have more positive and suicide safer outcomes for our workplace and organisations. So that's why I go so in depth. Because I know for me, I struggled to do that for so long. Even though I had that experience, I knew what being in that space felt like. I still struggled and froze when I was to ask that question to others. But now I'm, I'm confident to do so because I've actually had others do it to me, even within this job. Knowing what that feels like and knowing what that empowerment is or even that physical feeling when I've walked out of those conversations and knowing that I can even just have one of those to someone else, man, I walk forward taller, stronger. So I hope everyone can even feel that same. I wish that for everyone. So sorry, it gets, it gets me done. Gets no, me it's okay. Up. It's it's a passionate topic. It's not just It's not just something you can casually talk well we want to make it something you can casually talk about but right now it's it's a passion project and it's it's something that people want to open the floor about and you know this is why we have these conversations you know you you literally do it for a living <laughs> here i am telling you you know no you hit the nail right on the head is we want to informalize this this these sort of discussion but and yeah. by doing so it can be just as acknowledgeable as you know accidents on the road which is something that especially in Aotearoa we talk a lot about it, you know the roll toll is something that's heavily discussed and it's very informal you can say if someone's had a bit too many too much to drink we say hey let's take that person's keys away from them or hey but you shouldn't drive that but if someone's struggling quite easy and it has happened a lot in the past it's easy for someone to walk past that individual which seems uncorrelative in my mind it makes no sense to walk past somebody who's you know, potentially about to put themselves in an unsafe environment physically, why would we do so mentally? But even by having an informal discussion, we can achieve so much more. Informal, formalizing, even medicalizing or clinicizing, pathologizing, whatever word you'd like to use, that this issue of suicide it is, it is preventable. We can do something. So let's, you know, let's talk about it. Let's get the conversation started. We've all went through stuff. We've all seen things. Guarantee it. And even us at the start talking about you know, being emo going through that phase. I know what that looks like. There's many people that do. So let's talk about it. We're all going through stuff. We've all got a weight to carry. So let's carry that weight together. Let's do it together and be stronger. Together. I love that. Okay, so last question that I have really is, is there anything that I'm not asking that you think should be mentioned to the audience? Just at the, at the end of the day, wherever it is, even if uh, especially our service is not necessarily being available in the US, that no one is alone in this issue. I think we've touched upon it a few times. No one's alone dealing with their struggles. As I mentioned before, everyone's got their weight to carry. Everyone has things that they go through within life. If if life was easier, then again, we wouldn't be having the discussion. I wouldn't have necessarily have this job. While suicide is preventable, those success stories that we might have of preventions of suicide or people who have been impacted and survived, say for myself and even for many others who are carrying those experiences, the ones that are not necessarily discussed about, those success stories when things go right, when conversations are had, they are not necessarily discussed, but they should be celebrated. We should be able to share our stories. And for those who are potentially struggling, or even maybe listening to this, to let, just want to let you know that you are not alone in that journey. That wherever you are, I hope that you can reach out to somebody, that you can have a discussion with what you're going through at that time. That doesn't necessarily need to be professional help, doesn't necessarily need to be a counsellor, or uh, you know, a psychologist, psychiatrist, anything clinical, that could just be someone that you trust within your circle to have a conversation. Whoever that is, and I'm guaranteeing everyone has one person. For me, it's family, it's my father, it's who I reach out to, I always do. Whenever things get tough, and about three weeks ago that did happen to me, I had that fleeting thought that entered my head, and I reached out and I always encourage others to do the same. Just to have a person that you can go to, even multiple, 
that you can turn to when times get tough and you can reach your hand out to. Because in doing so, you can share that load, share that weight that you're carrying and be able to walk forward taller and stronger. And by doing so, we can do a lot better. Everyone has their struggles. Everyone goes through stuff. We should do it together. Absolutely. You want to build that rapport with someone, you know, coming back to them, asking them multiple times, because the first time, you know, it's harder for people to respond to the first connection. Like you don't usually just jump right in and be like, well, let me tell you my entire life story. (laughs) Yeah. 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 If I met somebody who said, hey, have you potentially been having thoughts of suicide? They go, what? How? Why did you come to that? No, why do we structure asking them? It's to develop that rapport, as you say, develop those relationships, because that way we can be stronger by having those relationships everywhere we go, then there's always a network wherever we are within the line, whether we're organizational, whether we're workplace we're at. That's what we're trying to do here at, at Mates, trying to develop that community, trying to build that community within our industry because it's there in, in some capacities. For what we do, we stand on top of that. We utilize those relationships that already exist to put on top of that so we can achieve those outcomes. Like that's what it's about. There are communities everywhere we go. Let's build on top of those to make sure that we're safer, especially in regards to social. James, thank you so much for talking with me today. I really am looking forward to sharing this message with our audience. Not a problem. Thank you so much, Carly, for having me on the opportunity to speak about our journey here at Mates in Construction. If you'd like to know any more about us here at Mates in Construction, we are online. You can look at our website, mates.net.nz, as well as on Instagram at Mates in Construction NZ. If you'd like to hear more from myself, we also have a podcast called Hey Bro podcast by Mates in Construction, found on Spotify. Thank you so much for your time today, guys, and hope you have a wonderful day. Thanks for listening to Trades, Tools, and Talks, the Simpro podcast, helping you work smarter. I'm Carly Huckles. Talk to you next time.